Well, welcome back to these recorded messages. Once again, if you're new to us, these are coming to you from the Uxbridge Road Tabernacle, which is in a place called Shepherd Bush, in London, in England, in the United Kingdom. And you are very, very welcome. This is actually the 10th one which we have done. And if you haven't joined with us before, you may want to go back onto um, the website and check out the, the previous ones because there's been some very, very interesting stuff. And hopefully today we'll be able to tell you some more, some more things from the Bible which are both interesting and challenging and helpful to you. What we're going to do today, we're going to look at a parable a bit later on, but for the next three weeks after today, which will cover the Christmas period, we're going to think about Christmas, the events prior to Christmas, the actual Christmas story of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then some of the things which happened after the Lord Jesus Christ was born, just so that we can cover the whole story. And we do hope that you'll be able to join with us at that. So thank you for um, taking the time. Now, yesterday in the United Kingdom was a great day. It was the day when the vaccine was started to be given out to the, the people of this country. And I'm sure anywhere in the world you probably saw on the television um, that lady who uh, she is coming up for 91 shortly. She was given the first ever an injection. And that was really good. That was actually great. That was so special because it does start to signal the end of this terrible, terrible pandemic, which has claimed sadly so many lives but as good as the vaccine is it's not perfect for every hundred people that it's given to about five of the people will not have any benefit that's the way it goes unfortunately no vaccine is perfect we don't believe and it's this one is a very good one and some of the other ones coming up behind will be very good but for five out of a hundred people, it doesn't give them the protection that they want. And today we heard that some people have an allergic reaction to the vaccine. And this is something which the body does. It doesn't like it for some people. And maybe for this particular vaccine, people who have, um, who are, who, are prone or who would often have allergic reactions to things shouldn't have this particular vaccine but hopefully some of the other vaccines will be fine for them now then why am i saying all this the gospel the good news of the bible of the the lord jesus christ that which the lord jesus christ came to do on the cross at calvary is for everybody now, there are, there are no differences, um, whatever race we are, whatever type of person, whatever size, whether we're clever, whether we're not too clever, like me, whatever. There are no divisions. There are no lines drawn with regard to the gospel. It is available and good for everybody who will listen to it and take notice of it. The only thing which will stop us enjoying the message 
of the Bible, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, is disbelief. Disbelief. So it's very, very important that we think about the message of the Bible and we take it so very, very seriously. Now, I just want to do one thing. Just a quick call out for one of our church lads. Um, he is currently in hospital. And just to assure him and his parents that the prayers, our prayers, and the prayers of the church are with him. And we do hope that he gets very um, much better very, very soon out of hospital, hospital to enjoy um, the, the Christmas period with his, his family at home. Now then, three weeks ago, we had a very good talk on the Bible. God's word. God's word. We mustn't lose sight of that, you know. The Bible is God's word. God inspired or gave to people the words to write for his word, the Bible, God's word. Now, the Bible, in the language which it was originally written in, means books. And that was explained to us, wasn't it, Look, when we heard that story, um, that, that talk from the, on the Bible. So I just want to, for a couple of weeks, just to have a little bit more of a look as to how the Bible, that group of books, is actually made up. The Old Testament this week, and then moving on to the New Testament the following week. Now, I've got to press some buttons, so there'll be some clicking and some noises, but hopefully all will be well. All will be well. Here we go. Now, this isn't a brilliant image, unfortunately. It's one which I took off the internet. It's not a brilliant image, but I hope you get the idea that the Bible is split up there into two particular parts. The Old Testament, which is the, the old, obviously the older one, it came first. And then the New Testament, which was written about the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in our book of books, we have two parts to it, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, just going to look at the Old Testament this week. So, press the right buttons. There we go. So, there's the Old Testament, and it's, it's broken up into parts. The first five books in the Bible, from Genesis through to Deuteronomy, they're about the law, and that's where you'd find the Ten Commandments, and that's how God um, gave the law to the people of Israel and how they should live their lives and how they should worship God and how they should sacrifice and all sorts of things that they should do towards God and how they, they, they should live their lives properly. And that was the law. Then we move on to history and there's all sorts of interesting things about how God worked with the people of Israel how he looked after them, but sadly, how often they disobeyed him. So that group of books in the Bible, in the Old Testament, is called history. We then move on to wisdom. Now, sometimes that section is known as the section of poetry, because there's some beautiful poetical writings in the Bible, um, things like Psalms, beautiful, Song of Solomon, really, really good words. But they're not just words which sound nice. They have really important meanings. 
Then we come on to the prophets. Now, these were people who God um, worked with, and they had messages to tell the people of Israel. Now, the major prophets had lots of work to do, and they were often involved in telling people how God wanted them to live their lives and what was going to happen to them in the future. And they, they, were, they were very what we would call prominent. They had big roles to play in the life of the children of Israel at that time. Then there's the minor prophets. Now, we think they're only called minor prophets because they didn't have quite as much to say as the major prophets. But that doesn't matter because it is still God's word. And it's very, very important that we remember that all of this is God's word. And there's something in all the parts of God's word for us to listen to. Now, over the past few weeks, we've been able to think about parts of God's word through trying to learn memory verses. And we've got one for you now. I wonder if you've ever watched sheep grazing in the fields. Perhaps you live in town, but maybe you've been able to get out into the country at some time. And all over our country, there are farms where there are sheep. And if you watch the sheep, you'll see that most of them almost always have their heads down eating. That's all they're interested in. They're not paying attention to their surroundings. They just eat, move on to another piece of grass or whatever it is that they're eating and eat some more. So it's no wonder that if they're not penned in or if there's no one keeping an eye on them, they wander off and they can get lost. Jesus once told a parable about a sheep that did just that. And today's verse which we're going to learn, hopefully, is taken from the Old Testament, one of the major prophets. It's taken from Isaiah, and it tells us that we are just like sheep. Here's the verse. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6. Now perhaps we should explain what this means. It's no good learning a verse if we don't know what it means. Now I've explained that we can be like sheep and we have all turned away from our God. We all do the things we want to do and that sometimes that's called sin if we're doing something that is not pleasing to God. If we disobey the laws that God has set out in the first five books of the Bible. Then it says here, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who's the him, do you think? Well, it's the Lord Jesus. And the word iniquity means sin, all the things that we've done wrong. And this, this verse tells us that we have all done something wrong. There is no one that has not sinned. 
disobeyed God in some way or another. Right, let's try and learn this verse. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, that's the Lord Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. Let's cover up some of these words now. Let's try again. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6. Can you say it without looking at it at all now? All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. There's the verse. How wonderful that the Lord Jesus has paid the price for all our sins. And how did he do it? He died on the cross. He took the punishment that we should have because he loves us. This is a good verse to learn. Thank you. Well, thank you very much indeed. So last week we looked at um, a parable. Uh, you may recall the wise and foolish builders. So we're going to look at another parable this week, and this one you'll see the heading, it's pretty obvious. The parable of the sower. The parable of the sower. And hopefully you'll recall that we um, thought about these parables, these stories, are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. They were stories that the Lord Jesus Christ told in his ministry. Sometimes they were fairly easy to understand. And sometimes, like today's one, they were a little bit harder. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ always used things which were very familiar to the people to whom he was talking to, to his audience. And on this particular one, 
If they didn't have their own land to work on, many of the people would have worked on the local farms because crops in those days were a main part of the diet. People used to eat things like um, flattened bread and all sorts of things to do with crops, um, which was very, very important. So the Lord Jesus Christ told the story of a sower. Now today we have machinery, which are apparently called seed drills, which they go behind a tractor and these seed drills drill a little hole, place the seed into the hole and then backfill the hole with earth. And they, they put them at exactly the right distance from the top surface of the ground so that they will grow the very best they can. Now, things in the times of the Lord Jesus Christ were so very, very different. A man or a lady would walk along and they would put their hand into some sort of sack and they would literally chuck seeds up into the air for them to fall onto the ground. Now, if the wind was blowing when they did this, it wasn't a very accurate process because the wind would take the very light seed and it would just blow and it would fall where it fell. They didn't have any control over it sometimes. Now, the first place that the Lord Jesus Christ said was that it fell on the path. Now, look, in those days, well, still now, even more today, actually, very, very, very warm and hot sometimes in the land of Israel. And they didn't want people walking all over the place across a field, so they would mark out a path for people to walk along so that they would keep the good ground nice and clean and not compacted, not pressed down, not trodden on. So sometimes the seed fell on the path. Now it was no good there, as the ground was so hard that as soon as the sower walked on a little bit, the birds will come down and say, thank you very much, free meal, and they would eat it all up. So the Lord Jesus Christ then described the next ground. Now, this was the stony ground. Now, this would be the area of the field where the farmer had moved all of the stones to, to get them out of the way. The soil wasn't good and the stones prevented the seed from going, growing good, strong roots. So the crops, when there was a bit of rain, they grew up very quickly. But then, because they didn't have good ground in which to place their roots, they withered and died in the very strong heat because their roots were not strong and the roots couldn't soak up much water for them to survive. Now, the third type of ground, which the Lord Jesus Christ described, that's a picture of the, the crops wilting in the heat. But the third piece of ground 
was that covered by weeds. Now, this was probably the edges of the field. You can see just in the background there, it's a bit blurred, but you can see the stone wall, which would have meant the edge of the field. And sometimes, as I've said, the farmer or the sower would pick up his hand of seed, just chuck it, and if the wind took it, it would go onto where the weeds were on the edge of the field. Now, the, when the crops started to grow, they would grow amongst the weeds and they would be crowded out and they would be choked and die because of the weeds. The weeds were stronger and they wouldn't allow the crops to grow. But here we have the seed falling in the, exactly the right spot where the farmer had broken up the ground and where it would, it would best grow. And it started to grow. And you can see there's some fairly strong shoots there of green, maybe corn or barley or wheat, I don't know. And then later on in the life, they would have the good heads on them and it would be a very, very good harvest because there was so much wheat or barley, whatever it is, ready to harvest. Now, as I said earlier, sometimes these parables were difficult to understand. And this was one which was difficult to understand. Even the Lord Jesus Christ's disciples struggled with it. And they asked him, why do you tell these stories? Why do you tell these parables which are difficult to understand? So the Lord Jesus Christ started to explain the meaning of this particular parable to them. Now, we can benefit from that because God's word has the meaning written down, just as the Lord Jesus told the disciples the meaning. Now then, you need to listen to this because each one of us has a responsibility to listen. Because, believe it or not, and hopefully you will believe it a little bit later on, each one of us is described in the meaning of this parable. Oh dear, what do I mean? Let's try and find out. Now then, I'm going back to some of the pictures because we need to explain what that picture meant with regard to what the Lord Jesus Christ wanted the people to learn about. So the first one was the path where the ground was very, very hard. And the meaning was this. It is like those people who are not really interested in God's word and the truths of it and the blessings of it. The blessing is snatched away as soon as they hear it because the listener is not interested. And immediately they put some other thoughts or some other activity in its place. And it's like if the bird's coming down and taking away that seed and it's useless because it's not been allowed to grow. Now we have to understand the importance of the things of God. The things of God are for 
eternity. They're very, very important. Now, I wonder if you can remember what the next ground was. Can you remember? It was the stony ground. Now, some people hear, and they take notice of what the Bible has to say, and there is an interest which starts to grow, just like some of those seeds, they started to develop because they hit the ground. But as soon as problems arise, people lose interest, and they turn to other places of support and comfort, turning their back on the only true place of help and forgiveness, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's sad, isn't it? That's sad, and we must be careful not to do that. So moving on. The next piece of ground was the weedy area. Now again, the ground does accept the seed and it starts to grow. But very quickly, it's choked by other things. Maybe some other interest or, I don't know, football or some other new computer game or something comes up and starts to take its place. And if you like, it crowds it out and there's no space in your life left for the things of God because other things have come in and taken its place. The things of God are not a fashion or a fad. They should be there and they should be important because, again, they affect the things of eternity. Not just for this life, but the things of eternity. But there is a good ending to this parable. The good ground. Sometimes God really blesses the good news of the Bible. When it's preached or spoken about in a talk, God really blesses it. Sometimes many people from one sermon or one talk realise the need which is theirs to have their sins forgiven and to find peace with God. And the only way which we can find peace with God is through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can really be thankful at Christmas time that the Lord Jesus Christ came to this world. But we need to remember the really important thing that he did. He died on the cross so that we might have forgiveness from our sins and we might have eternal peace with God. So the question is, how do you listen to the truths of the Bible? How do you listen? Do you take a real interest in them? Or are they gone so very quickly? We must understand that these things are so important. We must give them place in our lives. We must pray to God that he will help us to understand them and we will be blessed by them. And we're going to close in prayer now. Let's pray. Almighty God, we do thank you for your word, the Bible. We do thank you, gracious God that it tells us how the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth and how he died on the cross 
to take upon himself the punishment of our, for our sins which we have committed. We do pray, Lord God, that you may help us to understand these things. Help us, Lord God, to understand that he triumphed when he rose again from the dead. And we do pray, Lord God, that you may bless us as we think about these things. Lord, watch over us, we would ask, and we pray them in your Son's holy name. Amen. So as we conclude, we've got our closing screen up there. I've changed the email address now because um, I still can't get into the church one, so it doesn't matter. Please, if you want to make contact with us, please use that one. Um, Please make, um, make a note of that if you wish to. And just ask any questions, and that would be great to come up with an answer for you. So don't forget, um, next week we're going to be thinking about Christmas, and that's such a good thing. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to be the saviour of this world. So take care, keep safe, God bless you, and God be with you. Take care. Bye-bye.